A 2018 case report evaluated three people with type 2 diabetes who used insulin and fasted at least three times a week. Within a month, they no longer needed to use insulin. In a previous episode, I discussed eight herbs for wellness. Most of these herbs, well, seven of them, were basically adaptogens that help your body adapt to stress, and I am going to do a deeper dive into each of those, but I want to talk a little bit about stevia and about wellness in general, maintaining a healthy body weight and eating a healthy diet and not over-consuming. The statements I make on this podcast are for educational purposes only. My statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Therefore, the statements I make are not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All of the information I share is simply for informational purposes only. You should always consult with a licensed healthcare professional before you start taking a new vitamin, supplement, medicinal herb, or conventional medication. You should also get professional advice before you start a new exercise program or if you suspect that you might have a health problem. Knowledge is power. I hope you use the information I share with you to seek the best care for yourself and the people you love. Thank you for listening. I want to share a little bit of, I guess, my own personal history. I've mentioned before, actually, I've recorded so many episodes that I've not uploaded. So I know I've mentioned this before. I just don't know if I posted these episodes. But my mother was kind of brutal to me when it came to, like, criticizing me for my looks. And she would often tell me, don't get fat, don't get fat. And she would call me really bad names and stuff like that. The reason she did that is because she actually struggled with her weight, so much so that she had a couple of surgeries to address it. She had a breast reduction and then she had a gastric bypass surgery. Gastric bypass surgery is a surgery that you have when you are morbidly obese and are having a lot of trouble getting your weight down. So what they do is literally remove part of your intestinal system. They make your stomach much smaller and they bypass some of your intestine so that the food has a much shorter trip through your intestinal system. Your body's not able to absorb as many nutrients from it and you lose a lot of weight pretty quickly. My mother had this surgery when she was about, I think, 39 or 40 years old. I'm not sure. And she lost over 100 pounds really fast. It was pretty drastic. One of the reasons that she really needed to get her weight down was because she had developed type 2 diabetes. And even before she developed type 2 diabetes, I remember her being pregnant with my little sister and she had gestational diabetes and I had to help her with her insulin shots. Now for myself, I have a lot of phobia around needles, like the metal piercing my skin. It just freaks me out, the whole idea of it. It obviously is related to early trauma of going to the doctors and having to either have blood drawn or injections or whatever and just being really freaked out by that. But even today, I still have a problem with it. I just start sweating. I get really tense. It's a bad situation. But when my mother was pregnant, I was the one who helped her with her shots. And for some reason, I'm okay with giving other people injections and things like that. So that's weird. After 
pregnancy, generally gestational diabetes will go away on its own. And that was the case for my mother. But then she developed type 2 diabetes. And this was definitely related to her weight because when she lost over 100 pounds, the symptoms of her diabetes actually went away. And I guess you would say her diabetes went into remission. And then about 15, 20 years later, she started to put the weight back on again and now I think she has developed diabetes again. And I also think that COVID contributed to it. She said after she got sick, it seemed like her diabetes came back with a vengeance. I haven't done enough research into how COVID impacts the endocrine system or if there's a correlation between coronavirus infection and developing type 2 diabetes. I'm not sure, but I am going to talk a lot more about type 2 diabetes specifically and things that you can do to address that situation. I'm going to talk a little bit about type 1 diabetes, but please know that any recommendations or suggestions that are given here for how to manage diabetes are referring to type 2 diabetes, and there is an important difference between the two. So don't think that just because there's a recommendation for type 2 diabetes that it might be appropriate for someone with type 1. They are not the same disease. So when I mentioned the eight herbs for well, stevia was the last one and I'm going to do a deep dive into stevia because it seems to be a really good product for helping people manage their sugar intake or basically for helping you lower your sugar intake but at the same time still enjoying the sweetness in your foods and drinks. There are some risks associated with consuming stevia and that's mostly due to the fact that products that are marketed in America as stevia often have fillers and additives. That's something that you really have to keep in mind. Stevia, the Latin name is Stevia Rebaudiana, and there are products that are marketed as stevia, stevia, or stevia in the raw, sweet leaf, stevia cane, rebiana, purevia, and enlighten. These are not the same as homegrown stevia. These products contain fillers like maltodextrin and additives like sugar alcohol, which can cause bloating, abdominal cramps, nausea, and diarrhea. Erythritol is a sugar alcohol that supposedly poses less risk of symptoms. But in the stevia episode, I am going to get into what is stevia, what are the safety precautions, a little bit about the history of human consumption, some potential benefits like treating diabetes, and like I said, type 2 diabetes specifically, heart health, dental health, allergies, blood pressure, different types of cancer like pancreatic, leukemia, lungs, stomach, and breast cell lines, how it can be used in a weight loss program and to manage cholesterol. And then I'm going to get into some scientific studies and comparing stevia to table sugar. After I do this deep dive into stevia and all of its benefits and some of its risks, I am going to circle back to wellness in general and I'm going to do a deeper dive into some of those adaptogens which help you adapt and manage stress in your life and I'm also going to start talking a little bit more about nervines and sedatives. So I am going to be focusing a lot on this continuum of 
herbs that help you treat anything from anxiety to depression and just help you also feel an overall sense of wellness. Ultimately, our goal is to have a healthy body and a calm spirit. We want our minds to be enlightened, focused, and at ease. These are basically the foundations of wellness. Hopefully you learned something from these episodes. Thank you so very much for listening to Path of a Green Witch podcast. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry I ended the episode so early. I hope you're still listening. As I was recording that, the thought occurred to me that basically what put my mother's diabetes into remission was fasting because she was not able to consume the number of calories that she was consuming before. And because the surgery made her stomach so small, if she she consumed more than just like a baby-sized portion of food, she would regurgitate, basically. She would vomit it back up. So she was basically restricting her calories extremely. And eventually, you do stretch the small stomach pouch back out and you're able to eat a little more food. Obviously, you don't really want to do that, but because these people are so accustomed to over-consuming, that tends to happen. The thought occurred to me that if fasting put my mother's diabetes into remission, then maybe fasting is a potential cure for type 2 diabetes. So I googled that, fasting to cure diabetes, and the first thing that pops up in big bold letters is the American Diabetes Association doesn't recommend fasting as a technique for diabetes management. The association says lifestyle changes, including medical nutrition therapy and more physical activity as a cornerstone for weight loss and good diabetes control. Now, that struck me as like maybe they're trying to make money off of pharmaceutical drugs because when I scroll down a little bit further I see something here where you know how in Google you have people also ask another question was can diabetes go away with fasting the answer came from healthline.com I guess the article is titled intermittent fasting with diabetes a guide and the excerpt that is included here on Google says it may be possible for intermittent fasting to put diabetes into remission for some people, perhaps due to weight loss. A 2018 case report evaluated three people with type 2 diabetes who used insulin and fasted at least three times a week. Within a month, they no longer needed to use insulin. And see, that was my mother's experience that when she lost all of that weight from fasting after her surgery, she actually did not need to use insulin anymore. It had put her diabetes into remission. I do believe there is some truth behind that. And I think that is something that people with type 2 diabetes need to explore more closely. There definitely seems to be a correlation between fasting fasting and less need for insulin or putting type 2 diabetes into remission. I think you also have to be mindful of the fact that the pharmaceutical industry in the United States is very sneaky and when it comes to insulin specifically, they make tons and tons of money unnecessarily. You may or may not have heard about the recent issues on Twitter. This had to do with Elon Musk buying the company and then needing to make more money 
money very quickly. So he was allowing people to get verified, heavy quotes on verified, by just paying $8. People started to do some real spammy stuff. And one of the things they did was pretended to be the company that sells insulin. And they created a post that said insulin was now going to be free. And that company, their stock lost so much within a day. I'm actually going to look it up. It says, a tweet sent Thursday by a Twitter account impersonating Eli Lilly and company said, insulin is free now, causing the company's stock to drop over 4% and leading the company to suspend all activity and advertising on Twitter. And this was from November 2022. So this is cost of insulin by country for 2022. The top 10 countries where insulin is most expensive are United States, Chile, Mexico, Japan, Switzerland, Canada, Germany, Korea, Luxembourg, and Italy. But there is a huge difference between the other nine countries' costs and the United States. In the United States, it's $98.70. And then in Chile, who is right behind us, it's $21.48. So nearly $100 compared to just over $20. And then the other ones are around like $10 to $15. Italy at number 10 is at $10.03. If Italy is considered expensive at $10, then what is the United States at $98.70? It's just ridiculous. I am not sad for Eli Lilly losing 4% of their stock price because of that tweet. Insulin should be free, not just in America. Insulin should be free all over the world for everyone. So my opinion and this is just my unprofessional opinion, and I am not anybody with any kind of medical background, but I am someone who is very skeptical of our capitalistic system and how it negatively impacts people with health problems. I believe that there is some truth to fasting helping treat type 2 diabetes, so that is something that you should explore more closely if you are someone who struggles with type 2 diabetes or maybe you're pre-diabetic, you want to try and get it under control before it becomes a real problem, consider fasting. They're talking about intermittent fasting. I think you should also consider the benefits of long-term fasting for drastic weight loss if that is something you're struggling with. Thank you very much for listening to the end of this episode. I need to thank the supporters of Path of a Green Witch podcast for helping me get to episode 100. My amazing supporters are Nicole Mims, Tori Postgol, Jason Holt, John Shields, Jamie L. Spencer, and Ray. Your support really means the world to me. I am planning to increase the frequency of uploading episodes because I have so much herbalism information to share with you. I have been uploading episodes for almost two years with the help of my supporters. You can join my team of amazing supporters very easily with a small monthly donation. The link is in the description box of every episode. Just go to anchor.fm slash a-n-d-r-e-a-9559. My name is Andrea, and it will mean so much to me if you become a supporter of Path of a Green Witch podcast. With your support, I am looking forward to reaching my next goal, episode number 500. <laughs>